Passenger relay. Sir, take this. I want you to tell him what I see. Okay. We got a wad. Pretty big. There's a pretty big wad. Brass fittings? Brass fittings. I think I can reach the circuit wire. He can reach the circuit wire. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. That's a, that's a decoy, classic. That's your classic decoy. What else? What else? Hold on. Hold on. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. And today we'll be discussing The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down, which was released in the US on the 10th of June 1994 and the UK and Ireland on September 30th, 1994. Um, it was written by Graham Yost and directed by Jan Devaud. Stars Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Hopper, Jeff Daniels, Alan Ruck, Beth Grant, Glenn Plummer, briefly, bleh, briefly uh, and Joe Morton. Jimmy and I have each thought of three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss them. We also will each have a positive. Um, and I have to correct you on something. Um, mm-hmm. Or not correct, but add something. Mm-hmm. Because we have to acknowledge that Joss Whedon wrote what they said was 98.9% of the dialogue. Yeah. You wouldn't know that by listening to the, the commentary by the writer, by Graham Yost and uh, the producer, Mark Gordon. You wouldn't know that because they never mentioned Joss Whedon. Hmm. And that commentary is great for one reason, is because both of them can't agree on anything. They're always disagreeing and arguing with each other, and it's quite funny. Uh, I, read but, some yeah. quest- I read some quotes by Yost where he praised... A lot of what Joss Whedon wrote. And there, I mean, you can tell, like, there are lines where it's like, well, that clearly, I didn't know until a few minutes ago that he wrote so much of the dialogue. Yeah. I thought it was only a little. So I was guessing, like, the gum line was his and uh, fuck me, oh darn. But I guess everything was his. Um, yeah. Actually, the I, I think the, the, the gum was Sandra Bullock's suggestion. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I still quote that, that all the time. a way out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I know that. He had a poster, like he has a poster in his office or something with his name as the writer. So at one point he was supposed to be credited. Um, and we've made it clear in, in other episodes that we have issues with Joss Whedon. So it's one of those mm-hmm. things I feel like I have to mention he sucks. But he's a very talented writer, especially with dialogue. Yeah, I um, I used to have a poster for, uh, I think it was the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a poster that was given away free with a magazine, so it was like a, a pre-release poster, and I, I had, uh, I'm pretty sure I had Joss Whedon's name on it as the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, then his script was not used, and it was someone else. It yeah, they Zach left what like, after that. They left like two lines in it, and one was yeah. badly delivered. It's not a great line to begin with. The the frog, yeah, struck by lightning line. 
but uh, but it, it's one of those lines that has to be delivered in a certain way. And it just was not the way it's described. It could have been funny if it was yeah. perfectly delivered. It's supposed to be supposed to be like nah, same thing as everything else. Like yeah, but she just says it normally. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, did you see the problems thing? Did you see that part? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I, I've I've forgotten what happened two minutes ago. <laughs> anyway, we're we're doing speed, and it's actually a a gen choice, which is shocking. Um, that she's picked a, an action movie, but I'm glad she did because you know it is a solid movie. Um, so what's your history with with um, speed? Well, here's well, I will explain why this is the only action movie I've picked. Um. And I'm glad to finally have a different story than I wanted to see the movie and then I saw it in the theater when it came out because that's most movies from the 90s. That's what happened mm-hmm. is I was just like, I want to see it. Um, do you remember Columbia House? Did you guys have that there? Uh, we had something similar. We had something called Britannia. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just describe what it is in case anybody's listening and they don't know. Um, it was... It's primarily remembered as a music service, but they also had movies and it was like... Like with the music, you get 13 CDs for a penny or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so people would sign up. But then the thing that you're signing up for is you're required to buy a certain number of CDs after that. And yeah. the prices are – it's everything's overpriced. And people talk about what a terrible program it was. And what we learned in my household is it's actually a good program if you stay on top of things. Mm-hmm. Because like every month they have a featured movie – and um, you can opt out of it, but you have to send them a thing saying you don't want it. Yeah. And if you don't do that, they send it to you anyway, and it's way overpriced. Like, at that point, VHS were probably, like, 15 20 bucks or whatever, and what they sent you would be, like, 30 Um, And most people didn't remember to send them back if they got yeah. them. And you could you could fulfill your, your quota with some cheaper ones because they had sales all the time. But mm-hmm. m- my family and I actually – game the system pretty well but my mom was forgetful and would forget to send in the thing and she usually sent the movies back but one time she got speed and she didn't send it back so we were just stuck with this movie and i was like i guess i'll watch it (laughs) and i watched it at that point like i'd seen the batman movies and i'd seen the superman movies but i honestly can't think of an action another action movie i watched Mm -hmm. like that's it just comic book movies and so this as far as I remember, it was my very first action movie. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, here's a whole genre that I have not been experiencing. And I still didn't. I still didn't watch many action movies after that, like in my youth, which is why I can't pick that many for this podcast. And yeah, like, yeah. I, I didn't see Die Hard until my mid 20s and stuff like there's stuff I still haven't seen that are pretty classic. I haven't seen Point Break. Yeah. Um all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Speed was the like one action movie I watched, and I watched it over and over. But I haven't seen it in so long that I forgot a lot of what happens, which was kind of nice. All right, okay. Well, I saw it in the cinema, <laughs> and then it's just one of those ones that I watched quite a few times when it came out in VHS, and then I owned it. Um, I only just bought the Blu-ray, which is strange. I bought the Blu-ray because I knew I was covering it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think I had the Blu-ray at one point before, but then I thought I'll never watch this movie again, um, even though I enjoy it. 
so I I sold it, but then I bought it again for a couple of quid. Because yeah, I think it was one of the early DVDs I bought, and I Mm. still have it on DVD. Um, the 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 thing that I'm loving about this podcast is like Dylan and I used to rewatch our movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the past 10 years or so, we just haven't. There's a handful of movies we've rewatched. So I have all these movies on DVD, like so much over half of what we go over. Yeah. And I, this is my excuse to watch them. And I'm so <laughs> glad I picked Speed because I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. No, it's a fun movie. Um, Yeah, obviously it, it has <laughs> uh, things I don't like because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm old. And I complain a lot. Um, I'm uh, the old man shouts at Cloud meme from The Simpsons. Okay. Second, second Simpsons reference um, this episode. And we're all only eight minutes in. So. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So let's just jump into the problems then. And what is your first one? My first problem is, okay. So Jack. Jack was his name, right? Yep. Okay. Jack is trying to get on this damn bus. Uh-huh. He's trying to alert them there's a bomb on the bus. He has this guy hold up a sign that says bomb on bus. Why wouldn't you put don't slow down? Like, somebody sees, <laughs> it, like, who's not going to immediately break when exactly. they see that sign? That was so stupid. That was so irresponsible. And I know it's supposed to just add a level of suspense, but it just makes him <laughs> look not very smart. There's a lot of that in this movie, though. To be mm. fair, there's a lot of stupidness and dumbness in the script in this movie. Stuff that really shouldn't happen that does happen. <laughs> um, so, can I give Jack a little? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, can I read you something about the writing as far as Jack goes? Yeah. Um. Apparently, he was. Um. Uh, Keanu Reeves didn't like how he came across in the screenplay. It was just mm. he thought it was just diehard, like. It says situation set up for one-liners, and I felt it was forced. Die Hard mixed with some kind of screwball comedy. And so with his input, Whedon changed him from being a maverick hotshot to the polite guy trying not to get anyone killed. And that's the perfect, perfect description of him because he's so polite. And I, I love it. Like, that character is so great, and he's not what you normally see in action movies. No, he's a nice, he's a genuinely nice bloke. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't really see that in these movies. Um, cops are usually. I mean, we just covered Lethal Weapon recently, mm-hmm. and it's like Murtaugh's a nice guy, but he's still like a, a grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Riggs, who is uh, mentally ill. Let's not, mm-hmm. you know, forget that. Um, but you know, he's he could be a nice guy. He is a nice guy to like Murtaugh's family and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It's good to see an actual, genuine, nice person. And yeah, Jack and a... Harry. Harry's nice as well. Not as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as polite. Uh, Keanu Reeves is something special in this movie. But mm-hmm. um, they like the the cops in this movie just come come off as like just really nice. And I I read that um, they were affected a lot. Somebody I forget who was. Um, they were working on another movie and they saw how the the cops in a. LA seemed very concerned or not the cops necessarily but like whatever it is they're doing here um mm-hmm. like that they seem very concerned about human life um yeah 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 so uh i thought that was interesting there's one bit i mean there's one bit that sort of backfires in that though where 
there's when Beth Grant's character, the mm-hmm. the, the one person to die on the bus, mm-hmm. um, when she is just standing there, and there's this cop who's like, "Come on, lady, come on, off you come, come off the bus, I'll help you off," and then another guy joins him in, and it's like they're nice and they're you know, but they're also fucking stupid, and yeah. um, don't they know the situation? Um, and if it's not their fault, shouldn't Joe Morton have told them of the situation? Yeah. That, you know, that everybody else has to stay on the bus? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, so they got that woman killed. Inadvertently, it wasn't really their fault, mm-hmm. but they still kind of did. <laughs> also, shout out to Beth Grant. She's one of those underappreciated character actresses that yeah. people, like, recognize, but no mm. one knows her name. And, That's the thing. Yeah. I, can't, I couldn't remember what else I've seen her in. I was like, I know her. And I know her name, but I can't remember what other movies I've seen her in. But she's Donnie Darko is probably mm-hmm. her most iconic role. Like, that's the one that people quote. Um, yesterday, because I said something to Dylan about when Beth Grant's character died, and he was like, H- who? <laughs> and my two examples were uh, Donnie Darko, and then she was Dwight's old babysitter on The Office. Right. Well, I haven't seen that. Well, it's wow. like she's she's in probably the most famous episode of The Office. Yeah, no, but she's definitely be. I've seen her on other mm-hmm. things. Um, and I mean, I knew the actress's name, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's Beth Grant." I try to and I then, try to learn the actors' names, like those those people like that that you see all the time. It's but because it's not a common name, like you learn a lot of celebrities' names just because you see their names like in magazines or. Or magazines are dead. Why'd I say that? On the internet, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like somebody like Beth Grant, you have to sit there and <laughs> make a conscious effort. Um, do you know who Zach Woods is? I know the name, but he, he was on Silicon Valley and he um he was also on the office. Uh there was a point where I realized I love this guy mm-hmm. and I want to know his name because I love him so much. And I sat there and just seriously just went Zach Woods, Zach Woods, Zach Woods, Zach Woods, and just seared it into my brain. Because yeah. I wanted to learn it, and it was I knew it was going to be tough. I think Alan Ruck, who's also in the bus, mm-hmm. is another one of those people. Can you believe like... he's almost 70? I know! <laughs> That's insane! Know. He looks so yeah. good! He looks so good! Because I watch him on Succession. And when mm-hmm. I looked up his age earlier, I was like, how is he almost 70? That's insane! Yeah, He was in, um, he was in Freaky. Uh, he was a mm. teacher in Freaky. And that's where I last saw him. And it's like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't think that he is almost 70. Mm-hmm. He looks really good for his age. And he and... still seems as always in his 40s. I mean, he was 30 when he played fucking, what's mm-hmm. his face? Cameron. Cameron. So. <laughs> I think, I, I, and I, I'm probably never going to stop doing this, but I think we all need to stop being shocked at people's ages because people are just aging differently now. So it's not yeah. like uh, when people find out I'm 40, they, and I love this. They are mm. constantly in denial because they think I look somewhere between like 30 and 35. And yeah. uh, it's just, no, we're just aging differently. That's all it is. I know. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell people's ages, so I don't even guess. I, yeah. I feel like I've met a lot of 35-year-olds in the past year, so I guess my default is like 35 <laughs> unless they look super young. But yeah, 30 or 35 is what I guess for everyone. And they'll be like, oh, okay, you're 42. Mm. <laughs> I, I can't tell ages. Uh, anyway, yeah. what's your first problem? My first problem is um, I admire, I admire that they built this really big 
uh, model for the opening credits, right? Mm-hmm. That's that that whole thing with the elevator shaft as a model. Mm-hmm. Love it, right? Right. But the opening credits are too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not really anything that's to do with the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like. I don't mind the opening credits if they're long. If they've got something exciting happening behind them, or an actual mm-hmm. plot, or something relating to the movie. Um, but that is just an elevator shaft for the opening scene, and then that's it, and it goes on for too long. But it's a great fucking model. Back in the day, they used to do this, and they just don't do it anymore. It's kind of like how yeah. you have like one to two minute long opening credits on TV, and now it's mm-hmm. rare to have credits at all. And if you do, it's like thirty seconds or less. Yeah, I don't mind opening credit sequences in TV shows um, if they've got a good theme tune, and you know if they're well made. Like HBO mm-hmm. still do them. They do, and they they have really good credits, but. Their credits go on too long because they credit, they always put like director and writer, like they put way more credits than a network show does. Yeah. So their, their credits always have to be really long, but they're good enough that like, like when I watch Succession, I always watch the credits instead of skipping because it's, yeah. it's, a, it's really good music. It's really good credits. But I remember like, I'd be watching Six Feet Under or something and I'd be like, is this still going on? Yeah. <laughs> Are we still watching this? <laughs> Network shows usually they tend to. I mean, when they did do the the opening credits thing, I mean, some shows still do, like NCIS mm-hmm. and Law and Order. Those shows yeah. still do it. Um, and when they do it, it's just like the main cast, and it says created by, and then the rest of the credits is on the actual episode. Um, and you know, HBO doesn't do that. HBO just crams everything in mm-hmm. <laughs> in two minutes, and then. Uh, you know, it's it's quite jarring. But if it's good, good if the opening credits look great, like the Westworld opening credits mm-hmm. look good, and the music's good, and if that is, you know, you've got that good combination, then, you know, why not? But this was just so... So you know, long and like, boring. Yeah, I was like, hurry up. I know what the movie is. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my first problem. What is your second problem? This is kind of small, but when Beth Grant dies and the newscaster is reporting on it, he's really bad. Like, I feel like it's a small role, but it's the kind of thing he's talking about a woman who just died. And it feels like they should have gotten somebody a lot better who could maybe better show emotion during that moment. Mm -hmm. And the guy they got just did not. And it, 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 I, that moment needed more. It cut to like a couple of reporters, and one of them said, uh, "We don't know the age." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "What age? Does it matter what age it is?" Yeah. Um. Do, uh, or do you mean we don't know if it was like a young person mm-hmm. whose life is worth more than an older person? Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad they didn't put any kids on the bus. Yeah, that would have been a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have put a baby in the bus and just have the baby cry mm-hmm. a lot. I'm glad they didn't do that. Um. We already had the, the the bit with the um the pram full of cans. Mm-hmm. That cheap manipulative um ploy that they put in there. Man, and Sandra Bullock is really good at all those moments where she's worried mm. like someone's been killed or something. Like she's she kills it in this movie. Yeah, she really does. She's really great. Oh, I guess while we're talking about that, I also want to say, did you see who was almost cast as Annie? Halle Berry. 
Yeah, they originally um, wrote the character as an African-American and as a paramedic to justify how she would be able to handle a speeding bus through traffic. Then they thought about having her a comic relief sidekick, sidekick with Ellen DeGeneres in mind. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and Kim Basinger were offered the role. It's all those people are so different from like a 30 year old Sandra Bullock. Meryl Streep. I would like to see that, actually. I would like to see that version to see what the fuck that was about. I knew about Ellen and I knew about Halle Berry because they mentioned both of those ladies in the commentary. Um, the, the Ellen version was supposed to be just like a comic relief, mm-hmm. just like cracking jokes the entire time. And it's like, no, you don't need that in that kind of situation. No. Well, and it... It's good that it's not a comedy, but it is written by Joss Whedon, so there are funny lines. There's the fuck me oh darn is like one of the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean if you if you have a Joss Whedon script, there is going to be some humor. And there is something about humor in a movie that isn't funny that makes it even funnier because it's so unexpected. There's lines in this that you can absolutely tell was written by Joss Whedon. Why does he have to suck? He's such a good writer. Yeah. It's such a shame. The, the line at the end. Uh, yeah, but I'm taller. Mm-hmm. You can tell that's a Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing about that line. Growing up, I didn't understand it. <laughs> I was like, I thought it meant that he's taller, so he was able to like lift him up higher so mm-hmm. he could get his head knocked off. But it doesn't mean that at all. It just means, yeah, I'm taller because you no longer have a head. That's <laughs> okay, all I actually means. didn't get that. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. That's, that's basically yeah. what it okay. means. That's, it's funny, but it had to be explained <laughs> to me. So Yeah, no, exactly. I just I've discovered that recently as well. So, yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> All right. That's, that is funny, but how funny is a joke if it has to be explained to you? I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm smarter. Thunk. Yeah, but I'm taller. Yeah. You no longer have a head, basically. Yeah. <laughs> What's your second problem? Right. Dennis Hopper is talking to Ken Reeves on the phone. Uh, that's not my problem. Too, too much phone talking. Uh, but he is talking very enthusiastically, and I think he's angry or something at some point. He always is. He's, he's quite maniacal in this movie, Dennis Hopper. And he snaps his fingers. Mm-hmm. But he snaps his fingers on the hand that he doesn't have a thumb on. Because he's holding the phone with the other one. Yeah. And you can see his thumb. So he shouldn't be able to snap his fingers on that hand. And it's yeah, just that's the, true. <laughs> you can hear it off. He goes like that with his hand. You can hear it off screen, the snap. And he shouldn't be able to do that. And that has always bugged me. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I could possibly snap my fingers. Like, make that Yeah, sound. you can. It's impossible. Because I, they make a big deal of showing that he's always got his hand over his face because he's holding it to one, to the other ear. When he could just hold it to this ear. Right? Yeah. But he's always got it over the other, the other way. And I think that's maybe because he also lost hearing in, one of, in his other ear. Mm-hmm. I am glad you can't see my hands because I'm doing some weird stuff trying to figure out this. <laughs> thing, trying to see if there's any way. Yeah. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. And that's... that's Because you don't even see it happen. You just hear it. Mm. He goes like that. And you hear it. But you shouldn't be able to. <laughs> There you go. That's my that's my second problem. It's a good problem. Uh, what is your third problem? Okay, and I actually got in a fight with Dylan about this earlier because he didn't agree with me. Oh, exciting! And this is my problem with a lot of movies. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need, I do not need romance in every mm-hmm. fucking movie. There's yeah. no need for it in this movie. They, Dylan was like, but they have such, like, so much of the movie is they have good chemistry. And it's like, yeah, people can have good chemistry without being romantically involved. It is ridiculous to me that all this happens and they immediately start making out. Like, they mm-hmm. just went through all this and they just crashed in this subway car and all of a sudden they're making out. Yeah. That's awful. That's, I hate it so much. I, I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And then they just negate it all anyway in the sequel when mm-hmm. they've split up <laughs> and she's with someone else, mm-hmm. another cop. So, you know, it makes no sense. And that movie was made, like, what, just two years after? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it makes no sense that... Well, it makes sense because it's Hollywood and Hollywood have to have two attractive people mm-hmm. kiss. I understand that. But, no, they don't have to. No. Yeah, they don't have to. They can be, you know, you can have good chemistry and be friends. Well, it just drives me crazy, this need to have romance in every single thing that's made. It's mm-hmm. it's not necessary, and it's boring. Like, I, I feel like it's lazy. It's just lazy. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it becomes predictable. Yeah. It does. When you're watching these kinds of movies, it becomes predictable. It's like, was oh, the man and the woman in it? Oh, well, they must hook up at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just no surprise. Like, we're not here um, for the romance. We're here for the speeding bus. Yeah, we're here for the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your what's your third problem? Right. My third problem is the third act. Okay. Um, once, once the bus explodes uh, and the, the giant ass fucking plane... And it's like a massive explosion. That should basically be it. But I mean, have uh, have Jeff Daniels track down <laughs> Dennis Hopper. You know, I I don't know. I don't. I, I just find that that's. I just find it makes the film a bit too long. Really, I that final act. I like how Dennis Hopper has planned everything out. Like, I love that we get the stuff with, like, that he knows how to get the money without them seeing him. Like, he says, yeah. he's he said he's been, he was planning the elevator thing for two years. But clearly, he was also planning backup stuff. And yeah. I I appreciate that. Um, but we don't know, we don't know how long that has been, though. Like, there's no real clear... Um, time period between the ceremony, the award ceremony at the beginning, and the bus, the first bus Oh, that's bus true. I hadn't thought about the fact that it could have been um, a lot of time. Yeah, because Keanu does say to Sandra Bullock, he says, a while ago mm. there was a guy who tried to blow up. So it could be months. It could be a year. And Harry's that. leg is all healed up. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Because, yeah. So he's probably been planning it since he got away. Okay, that makes sense. But then, yeah, I think it's been a while. I don't know how long. I'm going to go with a year. It's a very complicated a plan. So yeah. I'm going to assume I'm going to assume a year. Yeah. Okay. I just think that the whole, I don't know, I just, the bus, the bus, the, the train part just bores me. Hmm. It's just not. And it's just like replaying what happens it's like a condensed version of what happens on the bus. And 
even with them uh, hugging together and getting out of it, it's mm. just exactly the same thing. It's, there's nothing like different about it, apart from the fact that Richard Sheff is in it, mm-hmm. and he gets shot in the back, and Richard Sheff rules. Yeah, God, I love him. Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't like, it's not I don't like it, it's just that it takes me out of it a little bit. I, I love the bus stop, I love the movie up until the bus explodes, and it's mm. like, yeah, that sounds good. And why does she need to be there? She doesn't need to be there. Can Can we talk about the bus exploding? Are there people on that mm-hmm. plane? Did more people no. die in the explosion than the bus? No. Okay. No. The, no, it was the bus. The plane was just getting transported. Okay. Um, it was getting pulled along, and the only person there was the guy who was in the wee sort of van thing mm-hmm. in the front, and he okay. gets out. All right. So that's the only person. All right. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that, but I was just like, it would suck if they all get off the bus and then more people die. Yeah. There's only about seven people who die in this book, which is quite low for uh, an action movie. I love how ruthless Dennis Hopper is in this movie. He does not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, a lot of no. movies and TV shows where there's a hostage situation, they'll, like, let somebody off in good faith. And, like, he lets the driver off. But, mm-hmm. like, he even has to be talked into that. Like, it's it's different from a lot of hostage movies because usually there's at least the tiniest bit of either compassion or negotiation and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of negotiation in this movie. Like, he's not giving up. No, but ultimately he's just a selfish little man-child. Yeah. <laughs> because it all boils down to him not getting money that is owed to him. And it's just, he wants money. Mm-hmm. Um, He got, I think, I think he fucked up on a job or something and he got blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, And... Uh, I mean, it could have been his fault. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and but he wants money that's owed to him. And I love and that. It's like I love that it's yeah, not more complicated but, than that. Yeah, no, no, it's brilliant. It's really good that it's just like I want money, and that's mm-hmm. it. But he just comes across as just like a whiny little baby. <laughs> so, can I tell you about the teeniest, tiniest problem I have? Well, that's the whole point of this <laughs> podcast, Jen. <laughs> well, it's a fourth problem, though. Um, cool. Did you notice Sandra Bullock's socks? Her socks? No. She's wearing, and she's wearing these socks with like a little ruffle on them, and they're like the kind of socks mm. a child would wear. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. And I hate them. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes to see to see what else I wanted to say because I took more notes than I usually do. Um, yeah, I've, I've got lots of notes. Last night, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and I was like, dude, you know it's a good movie? And he was like, what? And I was like, speed. And he was doubting me. Uh, his whole thing is that he doesn't trust my uh, movie taste because I love American Pie. But then he right. yelled at me for not seeing Ace Ventura 2, so clearly his taste is worse than mine. Um, oh, no, absolutely. Ace Ventura 2 is awful. <laughs> but then he uh, he didn't trust me, so he looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has a 94%. It's 76 yeah, audience, really. but with critics, 94. That is high. That's impressive. Yeah. I didn't, I, I mean, I think it's a good movie, but that doesn't always mean it's going to have a good rate rating on Rotten Tomatoes. No. That is a good movie. Um, right. So what is your positive? Okay. Can I, <laughs> you may have noticed this already. I don't know. But the hilarious thing is, so we've been doing this for over a year. I almost, almost two. 
I almost always forget that we have to have a positive. Same here. I didn't write one down, so I had to think one way when we're talking. Like, I usually don't think of it until you bring it up. Or or until we yeah. do the intro. When we do the intro, and then I spend a lot of time thinking about it while we record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this Same is here. one of the few times I actually wrote one in my notes, so I was very proud oh, of myself. Oh, nice. Um, and it was hard, because I get sick of doing, oh, I love the cast, and I can't do, yeah. the movie is just great. But I will say... This movie is a thrill. Like, I've seen it before, right. and there was obviously, like, I forgot a lot, but I remembered enough that, like, things shouldn't have been surprises. And mm. I was sitting there, like, my heart was pounding when I was watching the second half, and I was, like, so into it. And yeah. um, that's really impressive to be watching an action movie that you've seen a million times and still mm. ha- have that excitement and that feel that suspense and get nervous, even though you know they're not going to die. Yeah. All the stuff on the bus is fantastic. All of it. In action movie terms, that whole segment of mm-hmm. the of the movie is brilliant and well done. And it was uh, first time director, Jan de Bon. That was first time. Is this first movie? Present. Yeah. Damn. But he was a he was the director of photography on Die Hard. Mm, yeah, I saw that. Stuff like that. So he's you know, he he knows his stuff. The funny thing is, is I remember um, this movie won some awards at the uh, MTV Movie Awards, and mm. I believe he won for Best Director, and he couldn't be there mm. because he was filming Twister. Like he did a he had did like a pre recorded speech or whatever, and I remember being like, yeah. "I love Speed. I can't wait to watch this new movie of of his." I've never seen Twister, and it was filmed oh, in Oklahoma. It was filmed in Oklahoma. Like I'm one right. of the only Oklahomans that has never seen Twister. Okay, I don't like Twister. So, there. I'll just put that out there just now. I don't like Twister. It's never been a favourite of mine. I I think it is boring. It's just people in a car going, look, Twister, (laughs) and then there's special effects, and then that's it. For the entirety of the movie. It's, It's just nothing. And it's not, it doesn't even follow the good sort of, um, disaster movie formula. I like a good disaster movie. I like The Towering Inferno, even though it's fucking too long. And I like The Poseidon Adventure. I like stuff like that. But Twister is just tornadoes chasing people. Mm -hmm. And then there's a part where you're pretty sure that the Twister is sentient. Mm -hmm. Um, And it becomes ridiculous. And uh, it's just bleh. Maybe it's more interesting to Oklahomans because we're constantly afraid of tornadoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real threat to us. No, I understand that. But the fact is that the movie actually says that the tornadoes might be sentient. So it might scare you even more. Yeah, <laughs> the I, tornadoes uh... might actually be, you know, be thinking uh, sentient beings, which is bollocks. I just looked it up to see where it's streaming. So I'm like, I should, I should see it. I've always wanted to see it. Yeah. But, and it didn't, mm-hmm. I think part of it is it didn't look super interesting to me, but it's um as like from all the like action movies or whatever that I haven't seen, as far as people in Oklahoma are concerned, that's like the one, one of the ones that gets brought up the most where people are like, mm-hmm. I can't believe you haven't seen that. It, it's like, if you're from Tulsa and you haven't seen the outsiders. Right. It's got great cast. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, like, Carrie Elvis' character is the quote-unquote bad guy, mm-hmm. and he's just got an ego, and he's not really, he's not evil or anything, he's just, like, big-headed, um, but you're supposed to cheer when he dies. Mm. 
Spoiler. Well, he's he's the quote unquote bad guy, <laughs> and it's like what? It's it doesn't make it. It's just not. It doesn't make any sense. It's like they they wrote down what a movie should be, right? Mm-hmm. Like right, an action movie should have a bad guy in it. The bad guy should die. The bad guy, blah blah blah. But they forgot to actually make the bad guy an actual bad guy. It's it just it boggles my mind that movie. I don't like it. Anyway, what's your positive? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Fuck it, mm. that was almost my positive. <laughs> that was almost my positive. That's the one I thought of. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to think of something kind of out the box, mm-hmm. but I do like Sandra Bullock in this movie a lot. Yeah, and I like her character and uh, and what you said earlier about her actually genuinely giving a fuck as well. Like when she thinks she killed the baby, mm-hmm. her reaction to that, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that she she sort of momentarily forgets that she's driving a bus mm-hmm. and you know she's trying to get out to see to check this baby and Keanu's trying to like hold on can drive the bus <laughs> um it's just the way she reacts to all that i just think it's fantastic i think she's really good in this movie. i feel like we don't appreciate sandra bullock enough because she does a lot of movies that are a little fluffier you know what i mean like miss congeniality yeah. and stuff like that but she's fantastic in everything she does she also did the uh... Demolition Man in the same year as yeah, this. and Demolition I, Man was also ninety four. That was another one I didn't see till I was an adult, and that movie rocks. Mm. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was surprised at how much I liked that movie. Um, yeah, but one other acting moment I wanted to mention. I realized it was mm-hmm. my one note I didn't mention. The look on Jeff Daniels' face when he realizes mm. he's about to die. Yeah, that's a really good moment. Yeah. And he didn't even really want to do the movie. No, he didn't. He was, yeah, he was filming the movie and he was like, this is a piece of garbage. I don't know why I'm here. Um, But then when he saw the movie, he was like, oh, this is a great movie. I'm glad he did it. I like hearing that. I like hearing when actors are like, I don't know about this movie. And then they see it and they're like, oh, I made something good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jeff Daniels. Newsroom is flawed, but I love Newsroom. I rewatched it last year and he's so good on it. I mean, there's one... There's one actor in this that I think... Right, let's just talk about Keanu. This is okay. not. This is unrelated to what I was going to say, but let's just talk about Keanu, right? Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. Can we just say that? He's... But... Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, wait. But... He is still really bloody good on screen, mm-hmm. right? Because he's got a charm and he's likeable. And, yeah, he's got something. There's something about Keanu Reeves that just... Yeah, exactly. It just makes him good. But there's some delivery, line deliveries he does that are quite bad in this. Mm-hmm. But there's also some reactions that he does is really fucking good. Like when the first bus, first bus blows up mm-hmm. and he runs after it, he's genuinely wanting to go and try and save this guy that he likes, that he knows the driver. Um, and his reaction when he realises it's futile, when he's like, ah, I'm like, yeah, I believe that this guy is hurt and angry in these fleeting moments that his friend has died. And then when he goes crazy when Harry dies as well, mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. But there's also some line deliveries where it's like, 
Keanu is sort of like elevated a little bit, but you know, he's still brilliant. I still love Keanu Reeves the best. I, I think he's <laughs> one of those actors that as you watch his career, you watch him get better. Sometimes you watch, like, Sandra yeah. Bullock comes in, this is one of her first movies, and she's immediately excellent, right? But there's some mm-hmm. actors where you watch them throughout their career just improve. And I think he's mm-hmm. one of those. And I can't speak too much to what he does now because I, I mean, I did see the fourth Matrix movie, which I didn't like. Um, but I mm-hmm. actually have yet to see any John Wick films, which at this point are his iconic movies, right? Um, which baffles me. I, that that's what he's remembered for for movies that he made in the past ten years. But he's and the guys been around since the eighties. Well, and there's been something lately. It's it's the same thing that's happened with Brendan Fraser, where all of a sudden everyone's obsessed with Keanu Reeves, right? Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Last night when I was talking to my friend about the movie, he was he said something about how everyone's attracted to Keanu Reeves. He's like, I'm straight and I'm attracted to Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, eh. I was like, I'm not obsessed mm-hmm. with him. Like, I'm not, I mean, he's a handsome man, but not for me. And he, he was like, it was a friend that I recently, cause I'm 12, I recently gave him a best friend keychain, you know, the heart mm-hmm. that's cut in half. Yeah. Only ours says, yeah. uh, ours says best fucking bitches. Um, <laughs> but he heard I didn't, I wasn't attracted to Keanu Reeves and he was like, I am giving my keychain back. Like, he was so annoyed with me, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Well, the guy who I was going to talk about that isn't the best actor in this movie is the young fella in the bus. The guy yeah, yeah, yeah. with the long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, his line delivery is atrocious. Yeah. And I don't know why he's in that. Because he says, um, where he says, uh, bomb in the bus, that's really funny, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck are you? And I looked at the guy, I looked the guy up, uh, David uh, David Kriegel, I think mm-hmm. his name is. And he's done, he done a lot of television when he was like in his teens mm-hmm. it's like yeah that's the that's the performance he's giving a children's tv show performance is what he's doing right now well and, <laughs> and it's terrible the actors on the bus for the most part were very good yeah that's, that's the thing about this movie is the premise is ridiculous um mm-hmm. but the acting overall like <laughs> with a few exceptions, is so good. Like, Dennis Hopper is yeah, so yeah. good, and Sandra Bullock's so good. And even Keanu Reeves, like, has so many good, like, human moments that no, he you does. really... So great, yeah. Even, like, Alan Ruck, like, seeing the panic with him and everything, mm-hmm. it's... Um, yeah. The acting really is what makes this movie completely believable. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Alan, Ru- uh, Alan Ruck's line of, I've already seen the airport. <laughs> but... Uh, but no, he's great. I, I think that that's the problem, though, is like when you've got so many good actors, and even someone who is notorious, not notoriously, but even someone who's seen as not the best actor in the world, and mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, right? When all of them stand out as being good performances, there's one, that one dude with the long hair, mm-hmm. who he sort of stand sticks out. You know what I mean? It's like and the newscaster that I when, hate. Yeah, and the newscaster. It's like, you've got all these great performances round about. Mm. There's going to be one or two. Even Beth Grant is great. And that's, Beth Grant's I, I believe, great. Yeah, I believe she's fucking petrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when they're getting everybody off the bus, you know, I, I finally noticed a lot of people I hadn't really noticed before. And I'm like, I wish a few more people on the bus had had lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I also just realized this is so random that the dynamic there actually reminds me of an episode of Felicity. Um, cause there's an episode of Felicity where, uh, they get, she and, uh, her friend that is mad at her get stuck on a subway car 
Mm-hmm. And there's all like there's all these characters there that get involved in their conflict. But the idea of being stuck in a place like that with all these people who are so different and seeing the personalities yeah. of different strangers kind of, you know, maybe like seeing the conflict or people getting along like that's I that's something that I really like. Yeah, I wonder what happened to the to the criminal guy uh, <laughs> um, who accidentally shoots Sam, the bus driver. Uh, I wonder what happens to him. I think he just goes along his merry way yeah. and probably just sort of commits more crimes. <laughs> I would imagine maybe he takes off at the first chance before anyone can really talk to him. Yeah. There's a weird edit that has always bothered me from watching this mm-hmm. from the beginning, right? It's like after the whole award ceremony and then the reveal that Dennis Hopper is still alive and he's watching the award ceremony on TV. Um, I don't know why the award ceremony would be on TV, mm-hmm. um, but it's on TV. Uh, and he's clapping and he's going, way to go, Jack, mm-hmm. way to go. But on the second go, it feels as though that it cuts straight to the next scene where they're in the bar, but it feels as though that the, the edit sort of cuts off the word go. Mm-hmm. So it's like, way to go, Jack, way to go. And it just, that always seems weird to me, that edit. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's a very poorly done edit. And as you know, I love stunts. I love stunts. And I also love stunts that look like the heart. Mm-hmm. And when Keanu Reeves' stunt double jumps into the bus for the first time and his legs hit the, the ground, mm-hmm. that looks painful. But I like that stunt. Uh, Glenn Plummer is pointlessly in Speed 2. Yeah. He's also in that. And there's no reason for him to be it's in It's one of the only things I remember about Speed 2. Yeah. Which, by the way, you're talking about, you know, doing sequels to things we've already talked about. And as I was watching this, <laughs> I was like, Speed 2. Because it's supposed to be one of the oh, worst please. sequels ever. Yeah, please do it. Well, yeah, we're not going to do that now. I haven't seen it since the theater. That's, I've said everything else. Yeah, I've said everything else. So, there we go. Yeah, we watched Speed. Woo! We watched a good I movie. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, I, I don't, I pulled that out of my ass, man. Like, there are things where, like, I thought about American Pie, you know, a couple weeks beforehand, and I'm like... The, like a lot of times I'll think about the movie and I'm like, or it's kind of on a list in my head of movies and speed was not. And then one day I was just like, like when we were deciding, I just randomly thought speed and I'm so happy I did because I love this movie and I haven't seen it in yeah. so long. And it's, you know, move. And we obviously said this a million times in this podcast, but movies you watched when you were younger, there's this fear when you watch it mm. as an adult, that it's going to suck. Mm. And this felt to me a lot like sliding doors where I was like, there's no mm. way sliding doors holds up. Like I'm going to have so many problems with it. And then I watched it and I was like, well, that's just a good movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or my girl. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I hadn't seen sliding doors before and I enjoyed yeah, it. And th- um, same with the truth of cats and dogs. I enjoyed that as well. And, I hadn't seen it and that's a big thing is the idea, like, which is, something I've experienced with things like Demolition Man, where it's like, if you don't have nostalgia attached to it, mm-hmm. it's it's really risky watching it years and years later. And like, are you still going to yeah. like it? Is it going to hold up? Or is it going to be like Goonies was for me? Um. So, next week's movie. It's my pick. So, obviously, I'm going to pick an action movie. No, I'm not picking Big. So, we're going to do Big next week. Uh, Stand Up Hanks from 1988. God. Uh, 
I know. <laughs> uh, I just thought, we haven't done a Tom Hanks movie in forever. Yeah. That's all we have time for. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drop Quiet Pod on Twitter. Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Pilot Inspectors, and I have a Party 5 rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.